0: This is Cleantech Talk, Cleantechnica's podcast series interviewing cleantech leaders from around the world. This episode is being sponsored by Tesla Shuttle. Tesla Shuttle is a city-to-city shuttle service using Tesla vehicles and sometimes other electric vehicles that has routes in the United States, Canada, and Europe. With Tesla Shuttle, You can enjoy luxurious, smooth, and clean intercity
1: transport in the safest cars on the road, guilt-free. Book a ride today at teslashuttle.com.
2: Are there any other nickel topics that we've missed here that you want to talk about? I mean, I think the challenge is is, is clear. It's going to come down to the economics, but uh, that's like everything else. I guess one thing I would say that we didn't discuss... um, As if you look at the proportion of uh, the cost of a cell, once you hit $100 per kilowatt hour or less, you know, the raw material component of it becomes a lot. So if you kind of, if you want to press well below $100 per kilowatt hour at the cell level for for the high nickel cathodes, then controlling your input costs is, is almost unavoidable at that point. If you want to get to sixty or seventy dollars at the cell level you 're going to have to lower the price of everything There is no other way um, there's uh, obviously manufacturing volumes you know there's some improvements hopefully we'll see all of these with even with the Roadrunner project if you if you're going to do a dry cell technology and even up the amount that you can produce by sixteen times and there's no you know Drying issues and, and uh, using the solvents, etc. That's still only going to lower it by 10 to 20 percent. If you want to get down to the low numbers, the 60 to 70 dollars, you're going to have to uh, back some projects and and t- take 20 to 30 percent of what you're paying. Do you
0: think overall the ambitions for bringing down battery costs and the kind of expectation that the market does it is? Do you think this is really going to be a big? problem of, of, of people being overly optimistic or do you think it's more likely to resolve itself in the ways we've been talking about? Um, and I guess in specific, we can, talk, we can get to the matter of EV market share.
2: Um, I know you've looked at this a bit. Uh, Look, there is another workaround here, Zach, is that if you can, I mean, according to uh, my understanding that the Maxwell technology can get 300 watt hours per kilo which is a 20% boost on where they are now. So um, so what I'm saying is it's possible if, uh, and, and Elon was sort of hinting at, at 400 watt hours per kilo going to be around in three or four years time. So the way I put it to you is, and it's kind of my thesis, some people agree, some may disagree, is what I'm saying is if you can boost the energy density, can you shrink the battery pack size at a point in time? So, you know, what is the cost of delivering 300 miles of range? If you can get that number down with improving, uh, you know, the uh, capacity of the cathode and doing some tweaks on the anode, then, uh, you know, what if you can do that with a 40 kilowatt hour battery pack because you've boosted the energy density and lower the weight? That's another way of doing it. And I feel that that's how he's going to to play it is to actually, he said, you know, 300 miles is the sort of target range. And we've written about that before Um, at that exact number I've used as well. It's kind of, to me, is a sort of benchmark. So if you can do it with a smaller battery pack, well, great, do it. And then, you know, if you can't get your kilowatt hour costs down much below 100, it won't matter if you're improving your energy density by 20 to 30%. If that's going to be the benchmark for a mass market car,
0: and I mean they have to approach it from both sides. I I guess my my question that I keep asking is if they're being too uh, optimistic on the mineral mining side. Um, I I think he's. I, I mean, I mean, I know they're obviously very, very, very focused, detailed on the battery design, battery chemistry increasing energy and density we, we saw the tweet recently of um uh basically getting close in three to four years to the 400 watt hour, watt hour per kilogram energy density needed for for competitive electric aircraft um do yeah well i'm sure we'll come back to it but um i guess i just i keep wondering if there's too much optimism like you guys have been hinting or if um if it will resolve itself in the next couple of years, now that everyone's a little more aware that EVs are going, EVs are selling at a high percentage in Europe, relatively speaking, and Tesla's growing. Um, But uh, one more thing here- Look, there
2: is another workaround uh, to throw another spanner in the mix, but um, if we start to deal with the topic, (laughs) if we start to deal with the topic of, uh, you know, vehicle to grid, and leasing packs. So, you know, there's talk about, you know, TESA. So as far as I understand, they've applied for a power license in the UK. So now the question is, well, if they can actually, and this is what I've raised and discussed with Howard recently is the whole thing of, is an EV transportation or is an EV have dual functionality? Is it transportation and it's an energy storage system? Is it a mini power grid? And the way that it's evolving, if you get to million mile batteries, it's going to be both. So if you are comfortable, you know, if, if they lease you a battery and load it up when energy tariffs are cheap or they're solar paneling and then put it back into the grid when, when uh, electricity prices are a lot higher, then what about uh, leasing, a, you know, leasing a battery and um, they can draw on it, they can charge and discharge whenever they want to. And you just get a new one when you need to and pay much less for your car, for your EV and, and just pay a lease rate. Then, you know, are you getting a lot more value out of the, you know, is the, the cost per kilowatt hour that sensitive when you have that functionality?
1: So yeah, that's a different so twist. But yeah. it's,
2: you know, vehicle to grid is coming. I mean, there's no doubt about it. Because if we're going to go to fully renewable or largely renewable, you need base load and you need the ability to reset. Why not that thing that's sitting in your driveway do both?
0: Yeah, well, I don't know if you saw the article. A good friend of mine who, from the Netherlands uh, lives in Amsterdam, uh, has been in this space for decades. Uh, he, he he wrote an article for us the other day about pushing for, for Tesla to, to get into vehicle, vehicle to grid um, finally a bit more. Um, we I, JB Straubel, their co-founder and former CTO talked in 2016 at a conference someone asked about that he explained for maybe 10 minutes or something about why they kept why whenever they came to the topic they decided it wasn't practical or, or economical enough um, that was four years ago we don't know how much things changed in, in those regards but he talked about issues with you, you know utility ag- Agreements, regulations, um, the the cost to, to to basically degrading the battery faster, that kind of thing. Um, but it is I'm curious. Yeah, to look, see- on, you know on a
2: mean, on a battery pack that can't last that long. That's one thing. If you've got a million mile battery, it's a completely different thing.
0: Exactly. Like 2016 was hugely different in terms of batteries uh, that we have today, and
2: will be diff- much more different in the next coming years. Uh, so look one more. The logical was, thing, if you if you look at um, if you look at what uh, solar costs now? You know, even in a country like Australia, which, like where I live, the sun's shining most of the time. You pay 33 Australian cents for a kilowatt hour as a private consumer, certainly in Sydney. So that's you know more than 25 US cents. You can charge that. You can charge up your car with solar panels during the daytime for a fraction of that price. Yeah,
0: no, it's going to it's going to be a fascinating topic. Uh, and so one last thing, I guess, in your report, I'm just gonna read a little bit from your report and then we'll jump off of that. You guys uh, wrote, uh, with a claimed $125 billion of cell orders to 2025, 1.1, gigawatt, uh, 1.1 terawatt hours, uh, LG Chem's raw material needs are substantial. Its hydroxide demands are further increased with its shift to NMC 721 at its Polish cell plant, which is like actually in my backyard in Poland almost. It's it's like, like 15 minutes, 10, 15 Rock minutes. Cool. Yeah, Wrocław. Yeah. <laughs> <Club. laughs> Wrocław. It looks like Wrocław. Uh, so they're aiming at 70 gigawatt hour output in 2023. And you write offsetting LG's lithium offtake agreements against their claimed order book point towards an unavoidable shortfall, unlike its major competitor cattle. Um, and I don't. Do you guys pronounce it cattle or C A T L? Anyway, uh, LG, yeah. LG LG Chem has no upstream chemical processing exposure. Uh, can you speak a little bit more about this? This um, uh, the yeah the, the the order book, the offtake agreements, the kind of broader automaker plans based on LG Chem
2: battery production. Yeah. So everyone, I mean, LG Chem supplies almost everyone, and if you've noticed recently, <laughs> Hyundai and Kia uh, are looking to now. Na- sure. Correction, they supply
0: everyone and their grandmother, I think. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, it's insane.
2: I remember Howard quoting the other day, um, they're looking to get to a a capacity of 220 gigawatt hours on their own in 22, I think, which is unbelievable. But I guess the point being, Japan has the same issue. South Korea, yes, POSCO is trying their pos know, technology, and I think they've got a a 2,500 ton demonstration plant, and they have plans for offtake with Pilbara, etc. But for now, there's no meaningful production of lithium chemicals in South Korea or Japan. Um, US is limited and so is Europe. So LG Chem is looking to, you know, grow in all of those regions without you know, any direct, uh, upstream involvement, uh, CATL has, or cattle, as you call it, has, uh, Tanyi as a, um, they've got a 15% stake in a chemical converter, which I guess doesn't, I mean, it gives them a, a direct link in. So algae chem has got grand ambitions. They do have some offtake agreements, but I don't know if, if you saw, I don't know, we didn't do the, I don't know if we put the quote in there, but Paul Graves said, if, um, If all EV manufacturers were to go, all all, uh, EV uh, OEMs were to go out and source, try and source their 2023 lithium supply, they'd get about 15%. And that's a reality you need to face. Now, a lot of OEMs as we've discussed in the past, and this is why Tesla is inverted commas two years ahead of VW, I think come September 22nd, that's probably gonna widen, is that OEMs have outsourced the responsibility of upstream raw materials to battery cell manufacturers that supply them. Um, Could you repeat so, it? I didn't catch what you just said about Tesla and Volkswagen. What was that? So Volkswagen claimed, you know, recently that they're about two years behind Tesla. I said, oh, yeah. I think come Battery Day, that's probably going to widen out a, little, a tad more, um, and that's largely as a result of of VW and other OEMs. Turning to cell manufacturers to take responsibility for battery tech, for raw materials, for technology, for everything, um, and uh, you know, it's I guess it's the difference between how much you know do cell manufacturers apply themselves to R&D and how much do they apply to actually making a profit in producing cells, and they they different things. Whereas Tesla has taken the time and bought specialist companies and just focused on the R&D side and now is looking to get involved. But back to LG Chem, I think, I mean, I stand corrected, but, you know, I would think compared to that order book that they're claiming, they have uh, certainly less than 20% of their raw material supply secured. Yeah, so... That's a big I'm not, gap. It's not to say that manufacturers aren't going to grow, but again, to quote Paul Graves, you know, he said he, he, he used the phrase voodoo economics, which uh, was used by uh, Bush Senior with Ronald Reagan's economics, where what he's saying is, is OEMs are currently trying to, and battery cell manufacturers are trying to negotiate lithium producers down in price right now, but at the same time, They're asking them to expand their production materially. And the problem is this. In the second quarter of this year, um, uh, Livent made 6 million EBITDA, and if you exclude FX adjustments, I think 4. And it costs um, uh, $500 million to put a 20,000 ton a year plant up, if you include all the bits and pieces. So how are they supposed to, of earning 4 million in EBITDA, spend 500 million expanding to supply the OEMs who won't pay them now. So what he's saying is you need to make a margin to be able to grow, otherwise you're not gonna grow. And none of the incumbents are making any money. The cell manufacturers are making money. Uh, The OEMs, some of them, Tesla is starting to make money, but the lithium guys aren't. So it's the voodoo economics. You're asking for cheaper prices now and to grow when the guys are unable to make an operating margin to fund growth. Yeah. And
0: 2023 is not that far away. <laughs> this is like, <laughs> this is right around the corner. Especially well, I we, think
2: it, you guys scare me more is, and more every,
0: every call.
2: The problem is, 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 uh, is with Tesla's plans now at in Berlin and in Austin bring forward, probably Tesla's 2023 plans to 2021.
1: Yeah. It, Zach, um, uh, a couple of things on that. You, you you mentioned like it may just kind of sort itself out. It, it won't sort itself out, or, or sorting itself out will require a significant spike in prices. And then look, Wall Street is financing through SPACs um, and uh, other um, you know IPOs just uh, the EV sector significantly. So Chinese companies like Li Auto, uh, you know, and Xpeng are going public at very high valuations. Fisker, Hylion, Lordstown Motors, right? It's 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 a trend, right? You know, it, it can become a trend. It has historically, you know, mining is boom and bust, right? You know, I, I talked about, you know, Linus, this rare earths company, it was a few years ago that um, a, uh, you know, Molly Corp, you know, rare earths mine in California had a crazy high market valuation. So it's possible that you know, these minerals will become very sexy, right? You know, and, and, and the valuations, which are currently very low, will become very, very high. And you'll have Wall Street throwing money at a lot of, you know, lithium projects and nickel projects, because you need to overfund these things, the, the reality. And, and some of these EV companies are going to fail. I mean, Fisker failed once. It may fail again, right? But people are throwing a billion dollars at it, you know, right now right so yeah. they might throw a billion dollars at multiple different you know projects but when you say it'll kind of sort itself out this voodoo economics has to kind of shift right you know the price needs to come up. so so wall street could potentially fund it um it's the it's the, the ev market version of trickle down you know oh if <laughs> we just give money to, if we
0: just put money into n- neo tesla x uh it'll trickle down to the miners
1: that well that that that's not, not going to work because they're they're spending all their money they're spending yeah. all their money on, on building those uh, those um, cars. But uh, to, to the LG point, right? LG Chem signed you know LiveNt announced an agreement with LG Chem around this time last year. LiveNt's not going to be able to provide LG Chem with the material you know for that MOU contract, right? Because they're not investing. So there is a direct, disc. like you you put those pieces of information together. So either LG Chem needs to start writing checks. Someone else needs to start writing checks. Um, But it's happening. You're, you will see it happening. You shouldn't be like, like crazy paranoid about it. But, but you know what, what, what's the the risk? The risk is that um, things don't happen as fast, right? They just happen a little bit later. And, Uh, One thing I've never said before, but I've had a thought, like, you know, as Rodney said, Tesla is is going to be more than two years ahead of VW. You know, one way for VW to catch up to Tesla is not to actually catch up, but to slow them down. One way they could slow them down is if they were actually to write big checks for mining companies, right, and take the best assets away from Tesla right yeah. i doubt they're going to do that but um yeah, it's just that's a, you know, a, a, a thought that i had
0: that's a that's a that's a good chess move there i mean i would <laughs> but i mean but i mean the question to i mean there's always we, we talk a lot about oh automakers big automakers um, if they don't surf the wave of transition well they crash and burn um, but the more there's a bottleneck from mineral from the battery materials across the market the more there's no option of anyone transitioning uh, too quickly for, for some of them. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, the, your idea about that is really, I don't, now I want to talk to a Volkswagen executive. You're like, what do you, what do you think about this idea? But, uh, <laughs> but, uh, but I, so, I mean, we've got this level of, you know, you've got the automakers and we've covered Tesla for years and, and see, seen for years they've been under underappreciated and under underestimated but then you've got, you know, them, Xpeng, Neo, Volkswagen, BYD, and then you step down to the LG Chem, uh, Cattle, SK Innovation, and you're already seeing some kind of um, some problems with sort of communication agreements, contracts to scale up, you know, kind of the the issue that we've had in the past of, oh, everybody wants a lot of batteries. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah, we'll have your batteries and then demand grows and there aren't enough batteries. Then you step down another level to the, to the suppliers for them and, and, and even, you know, there's the mining another level down perhaps. And it just seems like there's a lot of room for, for, for problems from, you know, people having grand ambitions, but not committing the money to them because everybody's crunched or whatever. And it's like, I, I guess the question we just keep coming back to, thanks to your framing of it is, you know, how much does Wall Street dive deeper than the automakers and into these other more... You know, fundamental parts of the business to to scale up enough for to get beyond you know the 15% of of 2023 plans. I mean, it does 2020. I mean, that, that makes me concerned about 2020, of course, 2023, but also 2025, um, where the plans are much bigger than 2023.
2: Uh, I don't know. Uh, I'll give let you, gonna, you know, gonna, final look, words on both. <laughs> it's it, look, it's. We have uh, hydroxide um, being in tight supply at the end of next year and short by early 22. We've been saying that for some time. Um, and a lot of it is also, I, I've spoken about this before with you, the adjustment in the CO2 penalty formula in, the, in Europe where the 5% phase-in allowance of your worst polluting cars, etc., all falls away, as does the um, supercredits uh for uh, how many uh, evs you sell so there should be a quite a big bump in ev sales in europe next year i think there's a chance to surprise on the upside certainly if tesla can get going and and they um are going to manufacture cells of their own and can supply out of um out of the us or if they're going to set up this uh, same plant um, by mid-year next year i mean i don't know if you've seen the footage but that's also insane and yeah. I mean that is very impressive um, yeah
0: nobody, again nobody expected this kind of how fast but we haven't gone.
2: seen the interesting thing is we've had this quiet because of covid but there is still some you know offtake uh, there is some offtake availability from the major suppliers of our i'm waiting to see that finalized but uh, you know you've even got a contradiction of albumol um, idling its plant at, uh, at, at, well, there's certainly at Silver Peak, but uh, I think there's a there's a bit of a Mexican standoff between producers and OEMs as to what price is going to be paid. But um, by the looks of it, and you can decide, but, you know, we said this all along, there's so many models coming out now that you have so much choice. Um, and uh, so it, it's going to be a race, but I, I guess... Smart companies come up with smart solutions, so we'll see uh, how each of them does it. But certainly by uh, 2023, I think there is, there's some major problems across a number of fronts if people hit their targets. But, you know, again, the question is, you know, after being in production, how suddenly Tesla looks to have found its stride. And that casting machine is also very impressive. So... Um, You've got to ask yourself, are they going to be on the short end of the stick, or is it the others, and I fancy it's the others
0: yeah, they've sort of jumped from production hell to production heaven, huh uh, Howard, do you have any final final thoughts on that
1: um, not not on that specifically, but just in, in general, the knowledge base of mining uh, in in the world is small. Mining as a percentage of the S and P five hundred is tiny. In global investments, is tiny. So in general, a company like Rio Tinto trades at five or six times EBITDA. You know, th- th- there's no reason the market can't say you know that should be re-rated to you know ten or twelve times you know EBITDA. Right? It's cheap. And um, I, I, so I, I believe that more attention by the investment community needs to be paid to this sector, and maybe it, it's the EV super cycle that channels, you know, some of that energy to to, uh, to that. But I think I said it on on one of our first podcast uh, that Larry Fink and other sustainability proponents need to focus not just on. Disinvesting from coal and fossil fuels, but telling the people they allocate capital to that they need to invest in kind of clean energy minerals. right? So they need to allocate dollars to mining in mining and processing of lithium you know and nickel and, and other um, metals in jurisdictions. so it's not only investing but also there's a political angle here. Uh, We just had, um, very ironic, I mean, this is not a, this is a copper story and a gold story, but just in Alaska, a a major project, this Northern Dynasties uh, Pebble Project, right, um, has been trying to get permitted for 13 years. And um, it was actually Republican, you know, Donald Trump Jr. and Tucker Carlson (laughs) talking to Donald Trump. And uh, and then the Army Corps of Engineers, you know, like even in Alaska, you know, led by uh, Senator Murkowski, who has been the biggest on, on these minerals issue, is, is putting the kibosh on a a, a a mining project, right, because of you know the fear of uh, the salmon farming, which could be very justifiable fears. I'm just saying that there's still very much an anti-mining philosophy in the United States. Um, there are, are plenty of mines in, in America um, you know, that need to be built. And the attitude, uh, a young generation like yourself, you, know, you care about EVs, you never gave a thought. You know, we're talking now for two months because you never gave a thought to kind of mining, right? So your yeah, audience you always,
0: you are, just assume it's going to be done. It's going to be there, it's <laughs> it's long, <laughs> long, you know, long established. There's been such a focus on software across the world for a couple of decades. And, and you know, in the investment world, uh, in all levels, and, uh, you know, Elon had that tweet earlier this year, if you don't make stuff, you don't have stuff, uh, which, you know, it's like, yeah, okay, yeah, this is obvious. But if you don't, I think the more, the the bigger statement that people miss is, if you don't mine stuff, you don't have stuff.
1: <laughs> so it's it, like- and, and mine, mining and chemical processing is, it's kind of like a manufacturing process. And just like he said, uh, you know, manufacturing is undervalued in American society, you know, mining and chemical, it, it, it's real work. It's, it's, uh, I think
0: that's, I mean, I it, think that's it, ex- another order of magnitude undervalued. It's, I think the sort of. It, it,
1: exactly. So we need pro mining mentality throughout America and, and throughout, you know, people who are pushing for a clean energy agenda, who are often anti-mining need to become pro mining selectively in clean energy mining
0: yeah well thank you guys for educating us so much on this um there's a lot to pull out of here This this went in all different directions today but it was really interesting uh so thank you and uh we'll chat soon
1: our pleasure thanks a lot zach
0: thanks and, and, and check in next time to get your lithium fix or your nickel fix <laughs> That's my line. it used to be you know for a long time check in next time to get your electric
2: fix uh but now we have to lithium lithium, nickel whatever
0: all right,
2: if you want your fix, Tesla's trading at $2216 as I look here. Oh my gosh. Whoa. It just keeps going.
0: It only goes up, you know. Well, yeah.
2: we'll I think in the build up to uh, battery day, boy. Yeah, well, yes. and also the, the S&P 500 inclusion, as
0: far as I know, still hasn't been announced. But uh, yeah, crazy. Uh, thank you, guys. Enjoy your All rest right. of your day in South Africa and uh, in Ithaca there. Cheers. Thank
1: you. Take it easy.